A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to this episode of 20 Minute Tims and like we'd always do around this time when Celtic sign a new player we bring in the big gun Alex Barker, Euro expert to give us the lowdown on the latest player. Now Celtic have been leaving their business very late so hopefully we'll be seeing a lot more of this man over the coming days because that's all that's left but Celtic are bringing in a new man. How are we Alex? Yes, I'm very good. I was about to say, yes, the final week of the transfer window. I could be a man hot in demand <laughs> in the Celtic quarters. And it's interesting you say Celtic had left their business late. I think earlier in the, the window, we were saying, well, Celtic have got all their business done. And maybe recent results have just made them dip back into the market. But I'm sure we'll get into that. Oh, I think we still needed players. But we are, oh, I can't even say we're getting there. As we speak, there are rumours that Celtic are in for up to f- looking at five players, including <laughs> Palma this week. So you could be a busy man. You could have another four. But whether that comes to fruition, it will be. I'll, I'll cancel my date with my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could be a big week for Celtic. But Champions League draw. Uh, deadline day and then Rangers at the weekend it's all happening at once added that to all the injuries and the poor form it's an interesting time to be a Celtic fan but Alex we're here Celtic have signed another player how are we going with this one is it Louis Luis what are you going for Uh, I was going for Luis Palma Luis Palma I wasn't sure if it was Luis Suarez but Luis Palma give us some background on the man Sure thing. He's a 23-year-old Honduran left-winger who's played in the MLS and for Alice in Greece. He also came through in Honduras as well. He was a target for Rangers early in the window, billed as a Ryan Kemp replacement. Uh, and he was also linked to a few other teams. Apparently, he's been scouted by Manchester United, the uh, Real Madrid, but there's a reason there in my notes. Some other big teams throughout of last season where he came fifth at... As I said, Aris uh, Thessaloniki, uh, a Greek side who've never really had much success, but fifth side, uh, fifth place, pretty solid for them. He doesn't know English too well. He has made six appearances for his national team. Uh, he has a likeness to Cristiano Ronaldo, according to family and friends, a likeness oh. in his looks. He's nicknamed Bisha, which is, I think, a, a reference to him in Honduras or something. And he has said publicly that his dream, he wants to play for Real Madrid. So he's got big ambitions. And before we go into more of his background, Martin, can you tell me the only other Honduran to play for Celtic? And if you don't get it, that'll be impressive. Emilio Ezeguiri. Absolutely. That's the man. So yeah, this will be the second Honduran to play for Celtic. Uh, That's always the first thing I research. (laughs) Always I enjoy that. But I have got some fun things on his background, may I say. Uh, Can I please go very deep into this? Go for it, mate. Go for it. Well... 
This has been supported by a, a website called Left Back Football. They do some good profiles on uh, players outside the big five leagues. And so some of it's from there, a lot of it's from my own stuff. Uh, so let's go right from the start. He grew up on the north coast of Honduras in uh, La Ceiba. Um, now, my very limited uh, YouTube video sort of understanding of Honduras was that it was a very dangerous country, but apparently it's pretty safe, according to online tourist reviews. However, Palma still had to grow up uh, selling chickens and vegetables alongside his father uh, to help make money. He ended up joining Vida, I think is the right club, who were a successful club in the 80s in Honduras, apparently, but didn't really have much to do, didn't do any of much success with uh Palmer in the side but as I said this is around the time he started getting comparisons to uh, Cristiano Ronaldo uh, he didn't seem to have much of an impact in America um, so we'll go straight to up in Greece because he has joined one of the most cultured teams ever and uh, may I say as well actually he on the last day of the transfer window um, in Europe I think this was the summer maybe in January it wasn't completely clear from his wording but this is from him he said he got a an offer from uh, Dinamo Kiev, uh, but it couldn't be negotiated in a day. It was on deadline day. But uh, he said he was calm, improving as a person. This is while he was in Greece, um, at his side, growing as a footballer. And when and when God's time comes for me to leave Aris, I will. But right now, I have a contract with them. I'll take advantage of it. And he's also come on the record as well to say things like, this is while he was there being interviewed. He doesn't really care about the money, very much cares about his football. So he seems like a, a guy who's got the right head on his shoulders. And I, I bring this up as well just because mainly I find the team he played at the most fun. So I am going to be quickly revealing to you the team he played at last season. Right. Up front, 35-year-old Javinho. Oh, uh, I still for- find him. Oh, yeah, this is this is just the beginning. This is just the beginning. 35-year-old Javinho. If it wasn't him starting up front, it was former Premier League boy Andre Gray. And then on the wings... If it would have uh, Juan Iturbe, who you may remember from Roma, Porto, or uh, FIFA, who was a very quick player. Uh, Nicolas Nkudu from Ligue 1 Ooh. at the back. Rafael Camaco, football manager, wonder kid from Sporting. And the manager, just a wild guess. No, not going to get a guess because you'll never get it. Alan Pardew was the man <laughs> who raised... Pardiola. Yes, indeed, who raised Lewis Palmer throughout last season. Now, of course, being Alan Pardew, he didn't make it to the end of the season. Uh, he fell out with the the Greek club's owner because, of course, he did. But uh, Palmer has gone. Has I remember reading a couple of quotes saying, "You know, Pardew's done a lot for his career. You know, very big coach." And we can say that by rounding off this section. I think the reason Celtic assigned him was last season. He was their Player of the Year. He was their top scorer. He was their joint top assister. Um, in Greece, he's one of the top players with like goal con- like the percentage of goals contributed to his side. Basically, Aris were very dependent on him. Uh, caused a big uproar in Greece with his his minutes. So, had a bit of a really weird route through Europe. Not the no most patterned one, Honduras to America to Greece to Scotland. But as I said, bringing it all back, there's a guy who says he wants to play for Real Madrid. Uh, maybe he will. Let's see. Speaking of Premier League managers, see when you said he's been compared to Ronaldo, I did that Roy Hodgson where he turns and then his face drops when you said by his friends and family. I'm like, come on, man. (laughs) That doesn't mean anything. Doesn't mean that's like my mum saying I'm handsome. But anyway, Alex, I'm quite excited about this one now. 
there's still a couple of days left in the window, but with Brendan Rodgers coming back, we we as fans sort of got, there was chat sort of online that Celtic were going to change the transfer model a bit. They were going to go for, try and push the boat out and go for players for bigger, bigger fees, bigger wages. But with the business so far, it hasn't looked like that. So what Celtic need is still a replacement for Jotan. It looks like Palma will be the man for that. So I'm excited by this one. Maybe not as excited, more desperate. I need them to be good. We really need them to be good. And that's because Saudi have another great start to the season. They haven't looked like they've got much creativity in the team when you take Hatati out and with Jota gone. So we really need this guy to be good. So what did you see in the stats that will make get me excited? Please tell me the stuff in there. <laughs> well, as I said, he was their top scorer last season across the regular season and um, the Greek Greek leagues, a bit like a few other leagues as well, where it splits off into a championship group. Um, and it, it, yeah, he was a top scorer for his side across both parts of the season. He's four assists, made a joint top. Uh, he played often on the left wing um, in a 4-2-3-1, but sometimes in a striking duo in a 4-4-2. Big up Alan Pardew of his 4-4-2 right there. Uh, he's fairly small. I'd say he's about 5 foot 8. I think he's 179 centimetres listed on a couple of stat sites, but when you watch him, he seems a bit shorter. Uh, if we go to the nitty-gritty of the stats here, uh, he was the highest uh, shot taker in the squad, 2.1 per 90, which I'd say for a winger is very high. Mm. Um he, he is, that's interesting as well because he's wasn't always making league starts. He started 20 league games. Um, I think he made nine appearances as a sub. I think he worked his way into the team. Um, he's very right-footed, I'd say, as well. And a few, red, say, red flags in the stats, just things that uh, mark him out a bit differently that might be worked on or that could be interesting. Um, he's only put in one dribble per 90 as a winger at 48% success rate, which I'd say is pretty meh for a winger but we'll, we'll touch on that in a bit about why that is I think there's a fair reason why and it's not super concerning what might be concerning is his shot locations as more of his shots are coming from outside of the box which I'd say is very worrying for basically anyone because it means if he's taking shots regularly from low xg positions in a weaker league that means you know he's gonna have to keep up that level of shot taking, that level of great finishing from outside of the box. Otherwise, his goal tally will drop off. Uh, he scored four from outside of the box, so maybe he will continue with that. And he is a free kick taker. He scored a couple of free kicks last season. But that is the thing where you'd look at and say, hmm, need to be getting into better goal scoring scenarios or you are a freak talent and take as many shots from outside of the box because you'll keep scoring. We'll see when we get into the match notes. Look, mate, it could just be the fact that he takes the shots outside of the box because their option is passing to Javinho. And we all know how that goes. We all know how that goes. That That's the way I'm choosing to look at it. That's the way I'm choosing to look at it. Now, Alex, we have spoken on here a lot about Celtic and set pieces and about how they don't get goals from set pieces. Now, you've said that Novotsky and Lagabielka both will be good in there. Both will be good in the opposition penalty box. But at the weekend against St. Johnson, Celtic had 19, yes, 19 corners. And I don't think they got the first touch on any of them. So what we need is somebody that can deliver a ball in. And you said he can take free kicks. 
Can he take corners as well? Yes, he can. Um, There's not much statistical measure on this, but from watching him, um, he does set the corners. And this will be the most encouraging point. And this is, you know, it's a thin comparison. So don't take super much from it. Don't get so excited, my friend. But it did remind me a little James Madison in just he absolutely pelts them into the box and they're very accurate as well. And it's a nightmare to defend from the ones I was seeing and uh, a few highlights packages I watched, but uh, thankfully the Greek fans seem to post their games in full online on YouTube. <laughs> so you can kind of skip through and have a look at what he's taking. And yeah, they're very powerful and uh, tend to be very accurate. So maybe they, this is something Celtic have picked out, uh, identified your frustration and gone, let's get this sorted. Good stuff, mate. And look, the free kick thing is huge as well. It's been a long time since... We've had a guy that can take free kicks regularly and score from them. I'll probably be wrong here, but by memory last season, I think only Jota scored a direct free kick. And that was uh, against Real Madrid in the Bernabeu. We could beat 5-1, so you can't really celebrate too much. So what I'm looking for here is when Celtic get a free kick near the, near the box or they get a corner kick not worrying about how we might concede at the other end. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for us to take take these opportunities. But that was the stats. We've done the background. The most important thing, the old eye test. What did you see in the games to worry you, but hopefully to get you and me excited? I'll capture your attention early and the listeners. The, the, the main takeaway was, uh, I say main takeaway, I'm really hyping this up. In terms of profile, he reminded me a lot of Ryan Cherky. Obviously, Huge talent coming through at Leon, And that was mainly in terms of profile because both players tend to get called wingers. He is called a winger online. and He will be called a winger um, by many people at Celtic saying we signed this guy. Uh, but I'd say he's not a guy going at the 1v1. I mentioned his dribbles earlier. That is because he tends to drop off into space between the lines and he much prefers to cause havoc with his passing and shooting uh, facing goal rather than driving at a player taking on 1v1 he's better at playing his teammates in and he's got a good final ball in him I'd say as well uh, as we said Javinio and Andre Gray up front not always scoring um, but he does yeah, there was a few times where he's playing the ball through and you think you ah, could get an assist there the four assist tally I feel like that could go up at Celtic which was very encouraging and I've got it in my notes right now it's like it seems to operate best as a second striker with space and time to face the girl uh, on the flip side of that i think is because he's not really quick he's fine um he's just not doesn't seem like a sort of person he'll beat many defenders for pace and power he's not like, particularly slow he's just not a jota in a sense where jota is kind of that nice blend of playmaker but also will power past you in the 1v1 which is why he was so special where palmer has definitely impressed me though is in front of goal and i think this is what has grabbed the headlines i think there was a game against olympiakos this is in the championship round uh i believe this is one reported where manchester united and andalette scouts were at and he scored from a corner and it wasn't like one of those where you know he's made a mistake you could watch it and believe he did it himself uh, one because he he pelts it as hard as possible it goes right into the far corner and two, he did one of the coolest celebrations I've ever seen. Uh, I think that the people a bit younger than me would say he is him. He scores it, just stops, folds his arms, smiles and looks to the nearest camera. Uh, that that was a moment to think of. This isn't a guy, it, this isn't maybe less of a punt and maybe this is something special. 
And it's not just that goal. There was another game against Pauk. This is one where they posted the full game on YouTube and he scores a ridiculous goal. Um, like he receives the ball. Uh, he's got a runner to his left, runner to his right, going towards the box. He's got a bit of space and time, given too much, I'd say, which you probably won't get in another league. But nevertheless, uh, keep his little off his line. So he just bends it over him into the top corner. Mm. He's got really good ball striking. I'd say that much. Definitely on his right foot. He gets a ton of power on it, as I said about his free kicks. And just with little backlift, he's pelting them towards goal. Uh, see, my, my overall takeaway there is, I think there's athletic deficiencies uh, with him. Like he's not the most impressive player there. But in terms of getting into the right space at the right time, that's uh, very impressive. His intelligence is good. The only thing I'd say is maybe he could improve his decision-making a little more, just be a bit quicker. There's a couple of times he's making crosses without getting his head up. He's just kind of, doing it automatically without seeing if it's the best option. But I th- I'd say football IQ-wise, there's things to go off here that are pretty impressive. It's just, yeah, like I said, limiting thing, maybe it's athleticism. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Brendan Rodgers has spoke recently about bringing in players and he said he doesn't have the profile of player he's looking for. And when you're describing Palmer here, I think it, it reminds me of the Scott Sinclair of Brendan Rodgers' first first time around. Not the winger that takes players on and not the kind of winger that beats players, but the kind of guy that gets into good scoring opportunities and can finish. And I'm hopefully... Palmer with that guy and it just puts me in mind of uh, the scouting pod we done earlier on where you were talking about Tilio. unfortunately we've not got to see him yet but it just seems like these two guys have the profile of Scott Sinclair on one side and maybe Patrick Roberts on the other sort of that left footed guy that's got a bit more skill about him 
and will beat players and then over on the other side you've got the guy that will take chances and finishing them off and Brendan Rodgers has mentioned this player profile quite a lot and it, because of the way he plays is very different from Ange well not different but the, the player profile he's looking for are different from Ange Ange wants his wingers high and wide and take players on I think this is where we're starting to see the shift in players and maybe this is Brendan Rodgers starting to get profiles of guys that he wants in so I'm really hopeful this is going to be the game changer for Celtic and I don't mean that I'd expect this guy to win games but Celtic have lacked somebody that's been taking chances in the last few games not that they've made a lot of chances but somebody like Scott Sinclair that will just be there to finish chances if half chances whatever it is we've not got that apart for Kyogo so we need guys like that in. So I'm, I'm really hopeful this is the guy. Um, Yang's played the last couple of games. Well, he played on Saturday even. Looked good, but there was a couple of balls flashed across the box and I've just felt you had to be there to score and he was nowhere near it. So I'm hoping that Palmer's the man to do it. So Jota's the guy that's left is likely being the guy that Palmer will be replacing. Have you compared him to Jota and what did you see? I have indeed. Um... It wasn't. It's not the worst comparison, in honesty. They're fairly similarish players. They're both completing similar amount of crosses, similar amount of passes as well, at a similar accuracy around around twenty, around eight percent pass accuracy. Um, both very high shot takers as well. And let's not forget, Celtic. I'd say were a much more dominant team than uh, Aris, who were. You know, they finished fifth, and they were uh, fairly low scorers and mildly higher conceders. Um, I said the big differences between Palmer and Jota were dribbles per 90, Jota just a lot more volume in his dribbles, and balance of shots. Jota took about 60% of his shots inside of the box, where Palmer was more about 30%. Obviously, that's a big difference there, and I say that's the, the biggest problem. I think it kind of, maybe this is more of a straighting angle to Celtic transfers, and this has the potential, and we will we'll touch on it a bit, is that Palmer feels like, it's not a like-for-like like for Jota. It's another, maybe this guy will become our next Jota rather than he is our next Jota. That's fair enough. I think the way, when Jota signed for Celtic, he was a, a guy that had barely played for Benfica and had spent the previous season on loan at Valladolid and hadn't really played that much. So bringing in Palmer, he's got a better pedigree maybe than Jota when he first came in, but when Jota left he was the creative force at Celtic he was a fan favourite, he was brilliant but he didn't come in straight away and do that, it took him a few months and then he grew into that player, so I don't expect Celtic to go out and improve like for like, but with the signing of Palmer I'm trying to square it with myself, look, Palmer's came in by all means, he sounds good when you've mentioned him. You've been very impressed with Tilio, so we've yet to see him. And Yang's looked good in the performances so far. So if Jota's going out, I feel you need to replace that with two or three. And I think when it comes to the end of the window, we might be stronger out wide, but won't have as good a player as Jota, because I think Jota, Stephen said, he's the best right and left winger at Celtic last season now we might have a right winger and a left winger and Yang and Maeda and look there's rumours we're still in for Podence as well so there is plenty of options there so I'm, I'm trying to encourage myself by saying we might be stronger at both sides but maybe just not as a good player as Jota so I'll, I'll be happy with that so where will he fit in at Celtic is it on the left hand side as you've been speaking about 
Yeah, the fit I think is rather interesting. Um, you touched on it as well about fitting into a Brendan Rodgers side. I think we're going to talk about more about Celtic at the end, but what we'll say for now is big difference between Rodgers and Postecoglou. Um, Postecoglou and just said recently at Spurs, which I'm, I'm enjoying more than anything, by the way. Let's talk about his, I'm glad yeah, you're enjoying it, mate. <laughs> he's talking about his fluid rigidity. And... The big thing in, at Celtic was a lot of players rotating constantly. Like It feels like every player on the pitch was constantly moving, whereas Rodgers at Celtic, for better or worse, has been a bit flat so far. It's very flat, 2-3-5. He wants these players to kind of stick into certain zones positionally and receive the ball, and then you, you kind of build from there. Uh, I think Palmer fits into that fairly well because of his profile. He isn't going to be a guy constantly looking to isolate himself 1v1. I think he'll suit the idea of as a left winger or maybe even a left midfielder who just tries to get into a pocket of space, turns and has the pitch in front of him, has options in front of him to make and to pass to potentially shoot. Um, I think that'll be in possession, positionally, the interesting fit. I think what might be interesting will be out of possession and how he fits in. I mean, I haven't seen so much of Celtic's press so far. I need to look more into that, mainly look into your in possession stuff, but uh, I, uh, the Greek league, to touch on that briefly, is um, it's a very old league. Um, most of the teams in the, I think the youngest team there had an average age of 25.4, hmm. which is extremely old. Uh, like for context, I think there's a team, at least like five or six teams in every top five league with teams younger than that, and they're the best of the best. Um, so, so while the quality in there is pretty fun, like you get your Andre Grays, you get your Javinios at his side, you got Olympiacos who had James Rodriguez not long ago. Um, it, it, there's not a lot of intensity, I'd say, in the play. So in that sense, Luis Palmer's going to have to step up in the press. He might have less time on the ball. Uh, it, it'll be, in theory, an interesting fit, but in in reality, that there's a lot of intangibles that might come into play that might make things better or worse. It's just every time you mention him, I can understand Jovino being there because he seems like that sort of journeyman. But Andre Greg being out there, just, just I can't, I can't get it into my brain that he's still playing. Never mind playing out in Greece. But well, I think left wing is the position he's going to take. I think Celtic are screaming out for it right now. We've tried Maeda there. We have tried um, Yang there. Yang's looked all right, but. We need somebody with goal threat. We need somebody to put away chances. And it'll be interesting to see if Celtic do bring in a left-back as well. It's rumoured that one of the players we are looking to bring in is a left-back. Uh, so, previously, Brendan Rodgers had Kieran Tierney bombing beyond Scott Sinclair. Scott Sinclair would move inside and it was very fruitful for Celtic. So, I think that's the kind of profile Brendan Rodgers is looking for from the the game at the weekend there, I could kind of start to see what he was doing with his fullbacks and wingers, but we'll come on to that at the end uh, as you were talking about there. So how do you think he'll do here? We've had, you've been really excited about Tilio, but in true Celtic fashion, as it seems this season, we haven't got to have a look at him. It just seems like things aren't clicking for Celtic at all. But how do you think he'll do? Yeah, I'll tell you what, especially after our chat now, I, I think maybe I've been a little unfairly, not downbeat, but mild on Palmer. I mean, he's got really good ambition, clearly. Uh, he's always He said he wants to play for Real Madrid. Uh, he's done he done as best as he could last season. There's not much to hit him for on that. I think maybe this only feels 
maybe not super fulfilling because we've all been waiting for Celtic to you know, splash the cash, yeah, you know, make a, a ten million pound signing and like bring that use that Jota money for good use. But they're reinforcing this strategy of bringing in lots of young, high potential players and seeing how they, if enough of them will pay off, then the team will improve. And I think that is the the motto here with Lewis Palmer. I was less impressed with, with Tilio, but I, I think there is some good ingredients to go off here. I think maybe he just feels a bit less exciting because of those, like I said, the lack of athleticism. But if he's scoring corners, that'll be great. If he's delivering on set pieces, then that's just an instant plus. I mean, look at James Warprouse at West Ham United at the moment in the Premier League. So I'd say this is a decent signing. I hope he'll do pretty well. I hope in a year's time he's rotating well on the side or he's starting and he's got a full-fledged home. Right, okay. I was all, I was all in there till you said rotating on the side. Like, we need starters, mate. We need <laughs> players to come into the team. Now he's signed. We need him to start against Rangers. There's no two ways about it, mate. We need players that can come in straight away and play against Rangers. And to be honest, I'm flinging him in there at Ibrox. I'm putting him in there. Sink or swim, we need to see how you do. Now, Alex, as I've been saying, there's been a lot of... It's not been the best start for Celtic and Brendan Rodgers in the league. The performances haven't been great. I, myself, have as well have said in the first couple of games, I couldn't see what Celtic were doing. We seem to be caught between two formations. It became a bit clearer in the St Johnston game, but after about 60 minutes, we really failed to create many chances. Now... The Celtic were poor, I'll not deny that, but the subs we made had little to no effect on the game, I think. In fact, it made it worse, which just proves that we need more players in, but Celtic should still be able to break down St Johnston. But this is a Celtic team without a fully fit Alistair Johnston, no Carter Vickers, no Novotsky, uh, even Starfelt's left. We have no Hitati, no Jota, so we are struggling right now for bodies, never mind quality, but... I just I started to see it. So Celtic at the weekend, I thought they were playing out a bit better. Liam Scale still far too slow, but we were getting the ball from defence to our wide player or a midfielder in a high position and sort of getting that the ball on the turn, playing it out to a wide player or a fullback going beyond. And Celtic did get themselves into good positions for cutbacks. They just didn't execute it properly, and we need to improve when we get into the final third. You've watched a bit of Celtic over the weekend doing your research. What have you made of Brendan Rodgers coming in? Yeah, and this I think it's also important to point out this is coming from a neutral perspective. Like, I'm not adhering Celtic to the, I don't want to say insane, but like, you guys are going to have extremely high standards yeah. as Celtic fans, especially after the success under Ange. Uh, so, from a neutral perspective, I don't think it's been super worrying. I, I think you've deserved to win the two games. Um, the, the the game you lost in the race game at St Johnston, the nil nil. I think you deserve to win both. Like you, while it wasn't like a high volume of chances, the chances you did create were like you should be scoring. I think it was O'Reilly at the weekend, like yeah, three, three. Yeah, yeah they, and there you go. There's my research paying off right there. Like, and I, I was looking at the, I was looking at some fan comments as well on Twitter and on YouTube, and they were really going in on him, but. I, I saw some discontent around the use of Kyogo. Um, there was some guy who did a, a mock-up 
um, conversation between him and Rogers that would say, hey, Kyogre, you know you're really good at going to the blind side of the defender? How about you start dropping deep so they can see you? That would be a good <laughs> idea. Um, but I, I don't think it's necessarily ready to raise the alarm. I think especially since the caveats you've mentioned, the injuries there, that's going to take an impact. And I think Brendan's coming off, let's not forget, while last time he was in Scotland, everything was ro- rosy. He's coming off a very poor spell at Leicester, uh, particularly of how it ended. They got relegated. This is a, by default, relegation manager, right? You're dealing with who's finding his feet again. But as I kind of touched on earlier, it's, the, I think the thing that would worry me, and it, I think it was a concern we mentioned on our first podcast of the summer, is a concern I mentioned in the video I did on Brendan Rogers, that was a Patreon, that was that he's potentially a little outdated tactically. Ange's rotations, they were difficult to learn at first, but you can see how well they paid off. It was almost impossible for opposition teams to track you. Celtic have become, I'd say, like we saw it against St. Johnston, just a bit more predictable. It's a flat 2-3-5. You know what you're trying to do. You know which play. Like It's easier to follow from an opposition perspective. And that'll be a worry because if Celtic become more simple, then you're going to keep getting hiccups and it opens the door to Rangers. And no one wants the the door open to Rangers. Nobody wants that. So, yeah, my overall takeaway is don't raise the alarm yet, but watch maybe with a bit of quiet concern, um, but still give it time. Uh, There's a lot of different messages in there, but you kind of get the idea. Keep the hail, that's what we say here, Alex. So we'll try and keep the faith a bit longer. I think Celtic need to get through this next week. Champions League draw, transfer window shutting, Ibrooks, and then after that, there's an international break, and then things start to settle down. There'll be players here that will never play for Celtic again. There'll be players that leave, so I think things will settle down into September, October. And look, it wasn't all rosy under Ange Postacoglu. It was October the 3rd before he won his first away game under Celtic. Uh, a lot of the players in the the end-of-season DVD said that was when they feel things started to click. So that's well into the season. That's well into the European run as well. I think we'd had two or three games there. So it will take time. And look, Ange Postacoglu, I said it last season, because we've went through things as Celtic fans, I always go back to the office meme where you say, I wish I knew I was in the good old days before you leave them. That's why I enjoyed last season so much because I, I knew, I was telling myself, it's not going to get any better than this. Celtic were blowing teams away, playing the best football I'd seen. We were playing Real Madrid in the Champions League. We were doing well in Champions League games. We went on to win a treble. We beat Rangers, put them out of both cups, beat them in a final it was unbelievable season, so I think there's always going to be a drop-off from that. I think that's inevitable when you go from a guy like Ange, but I always thought Rodgers will be that guy just underneath that can bring us up. And so it, It's not helped as well that, like you said, under Ange, it took you to October when your first away game. He's been absolutely fantastic at Tottenham. It's, it's not helped that, like... You, obviously, you guys are struggling, and I'm just ditched his his notion of I'll start season slow and just like giving Tottenham Hotspur the happiest times of their lives. So it's like a big, a big contrast. So I can it, it, maybe that's why Celtic fans maybe feel a little even more angry or a little more worried than you should. But I do think things will pick up, and yeah, I do hope. Once things do pick up, we can do a podcast where they're talking about Ange because I'm going to be watching every single Tottenham game. It's just so fun. I'm sorry to put 
<laughs> salt in your wounds, but he's awesome. No, but it's, it's, it's good to see him, mate. I've no hard feelings towards him, but at the end of the day, he left us and that's it. So I think we're still in that in-between stage. It's time we move on. And look, if Brendan Rodgers goes out and beats Rangers at the weekend, then it's the first Brendan's back sort of moment. So I'm, I'm looking forward to see how he'll do. But it's good you've got a bit of a... Head start on people with Ange Postacoglu and you know what you're talking about. But sticking with the sort of theme of Tottenham, Man United, Liverpool, Chelsea, all those sorts of teams. Like big teams, we were talking about it on uh, the flagship podcast that Jamie asked because he doesn't watch much English football. Do other teams leave it this late to do their business? And we sort of felt under Ange's first season... He came out and said, look, the deals are taking too long. After that, in January, we'd signed three players before the window opened. Last summer, we signed players early. And things we, we thought we'd taken a turn and we were doing this stuff early. We were bringing in players before we'd even sold the guy that they were taking their place. Seems to have regressed a bit in that manner. But is this how it happens at other teams? Stephen compared Celtic to Man City, but I kind of feel that's... Not an unfair criticism, uh, comparison because, look, Celtic are the top team in Scotland, they're dominant, but Celtic's players are all available to other teams to come and buy. Man City's top players, they can't go much higher than Man City. Yes, they've let, had Mares and guys like that go, but they were guys they're probably happy to let go and take money for, but with Celtic, their players are always going to be available to be picked by other teams, so... Is this the way it is for other teams like Celtic? or Because Celtic are always in transition now because of the way the football landscape is. But have teams left it too late or is it just a Celtic thing, mate? Personally, I think it's a combination of two things you're looking at here. I thought what we're describing there partly was um, Celtic are different to Manchester City. They're a, diff- they're a top team, but their players are always available. So they always have to be ready to replace players before they've even left. And that means sometimes they'll be doing business late into the window if some of their key players leave, right? So I think that's one side to it. But I think what's... And in that respect, I think you're similar to Brighton. And that's a compliment. I'd say you're both teams who plan your replacements before you even have to sign them. And that's what Brighton have done. They've signed someone called Baleba from Lille um, as their Caicedo replacement. And they'll be doing a couple other bits of business. And yes, it's late in the window, but it's like... It's like they've got a signing and they've got a few triggers to press go. And one of those triggers is Jota leaves. And we'll go, okay, he's left. Bing, bing, bing. We'll bring this guy in. I think what Celtic are going through at the moment, though, I'd liken a little more to, not as a club, just what you're experiencing, is something like a Manchester United or a Liverpool, where it's more you've started the season where you feel like you're fairly well prepared. Results haven't gone your way. And that's pressured you to go back into the market. And that's happened to Manchester United. Uh, they've started the season pretty poorly. They scrounged a win against Wolves. They lost. Uh, they, they lost comfortably to Spurs. Um, yeah, I say lost comfortably. It looked like they lost comfortably to Spurs, but it was a bit more even. And they they managed to just get through against Nottingham Forest. And now it's pressure Ten Hag to go a bit back into the market. Can they bring in a striker? Can they bring in a centre back? I think Liverpool's a, a much better example as well because they're going into the season. They feel good. They've signed. Uh, so Borsley, McAllister, 
And it's like, right, okay, we're all prepared. We've rejuvenated our midfield. It's going to be good. It feels like we're a little undermanned DM, but I'm sure we'll be fine. Play against Chelsea, play against Bournemouth, have two horror displays and go, right, we really need a defensive midfielder. Bid on Lavia, bid on Caicedo. Can't get either of them. Now we need to bring in Endo. Now we need to bring in another player. Now we need to bring in a centre-back. And I think, it, well, Celtic have experiences this summer is a combination of what I said to round it off. You've lost some key players, so you need to fire in multiple replacements as you said can't bring another Jota so let's bring two or three guys who might be the next Jota and it's we started the season quite weakly uh this can't run we need to win the league again we need to win as many trophies as possible we need to get back into the market we've clearly not done enough we need to do a lot more and that's why it probably feels very chaotic at Celtic and probably why it feels like this isn't happening at any other club Chaotic at Celtic, but it's going to be chaotic for you if we bring in five players in the next couple of days and you have got to have your work cut out for you. But I'm looking forward to it, mate. I'm still holding out hope. I think there is plenty of players out there that Celtic can get. If they have been doing things right in the background, then we should have guys identified. But I'm still really disappointed it's taken this long. We're out the cup. We've already dropped points in the league and we've got a tough game coming up where we're going to need to throw players in. But Alex, thanks very much for joining me. Thanks for having me on. No problem, mate. And I will see you very soon. You will indeed. Sorry, mate. That wasn't a heart attack. It wasn't a stroke. It wasn't a burglar. It was a spider. (laughs) Tears. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.